The Spin-Off Podcast Network. Talo for lover. I'm Madeline Chapman, editor at The Spin-Off. If you have the means, consider supporting our high-quality journalism by becoming a Spin-Off member. Sign up now at thespinoff.co.nz/donate. You're listening to Business is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business is Boring is brought to you by Spark Lab, offering inspiration and practical advice to help businesses find their edge. To hear more about Spark Lab, including details about the latest events, workshops, and business tools, visit sparklab.co.nz. And now, here's your host, Simon Pound. You're listening to Business Is Boring, a podcast that reckons it's anything but. Business Is Boring is made by The Spin-Off with help from Callahan Innovation, New Zealand's innovation agency. Here's your host, Simon Pound. In the cloud on Auckland's Queen's Wharf around May, the preeminent contemporary art event in New Zealand, the Auckland Art Fair, takes place, bringing together many of the top galleries and artists in New Zealand and around the Pacific for around 10,000 odd art lovers to head in and see and buy more than $5 million of contemporary art. It's not just about sales, of course. Reputations are made, and there is a focus on fostering new talent through the sensitively and intelligently curated project exhibitions that are not necessarily as commercial as the gallery stands. Many great cities have art fairs, and it's a standout on the local calendar that under the leadership of today's guests has grown year on year to go year on year from its biennial beginnings. To talk working at the intersection of art and commerce, and what it takes to bring together so many artists and galleries in one place, co-directors Stephanie Post and Hayley White join us now. Hello, Stephanie. Hi, Simon. And hello, Hayley. Hi, Simon. Hi, good day. Hey, so um, thank you for joining us today. Uh, tell me, how did you come to be involved with the art fair? Um, I guess I had come to live in Auckland from London, where I was working with um, a lot of uh, high-level patrons for art institutions in London. And um, I'd taken a group of collectors from New Zealand back to London to Freeze Art Fair, which is the big art fair there. Um, I think they thought they were just going to Freeze, but actually I took them all over London to see all the things that are happening there. And one of them asked me to um, do a piece of work for the Auckland Art Fair in terms of how um, the fair might attract a stronger collector audience to Auckland. Um and so that was kind of that was interesting in that it made me think about okay how how does the fair operate um and you go into sort of straight marketing ideas business ideas of um if that's the audience you want what's the product that's going to attract them and so therefore it's really is what is the fair what's its usp has it you know has it has it building itself as a as a product i guess um and how you know, how do you attract that audience? Um, while I was doing that piece of work, the fair changed hands from the charitable organisation that had started the fair back, I think, in 2005. 
um, as a biennial event. And I think they'd kind of reached a turning point where it was a fair for that was clearly being um, visited by Aucklanders. But what was it going to be next? That was the real question. Um, it changed hands from the charitable organization and was bought by a Auckland-based events company, Northport Events. Um, and it was to them that I sort of presented my ideas about what the fair might become um, and what the options were. And um, they kind of went with an idea that I thought, yeah, this is the one that I like too. And so they said, we stay on and, and help with the kind of um, the visitor end of, of the fair. And I guess at that point, the, um, the then director um, decided that she wanted to pursue other interests. And so um, Northport Events were left with um, a brand new fair and no director. And they were incredibly, um, I think, incredibly smart because they can run consumer facing events. But, um, you know, admittedly didn't know a whole lot about art, but loved it. And, uh, you know, the owners have always been collectors. And so they said to me, what are we going to do? And I said, well, I don't know how to run an art fair, but I do know about visiting art fairs. And I have been thinking through the vision for what this art fair could be. Um, and they said, well, actually, um, our daughter's running art fairs in London. So I said, well, why don't you get her back to Auckland? Um, which way in came Hayley. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah. t- t- tell us how that was to get that phone call, Hayley. Um, it was exciting, yeah. So I had been working in London and um, Istanbul on an art fair called Art International. And we ran it from 2013 to 2015. Um, and then after that, it, it, it had been a few um, terrorist attacks in, in Ankara in October 2015 after the fair in September. So the owner's... Um, it, that was the sort of um, reason for them to no longer run it because they weren't able to get collectors back over from America or Europe that it was sort of becoming a, a little bit more risky um, and not, not so many travellers wanted to come. Um, so um, when, yeah, I heard that, you know, mum and dad had brought the Auckland Art Fair and it was an opportunity to come back. It made sense to come back. My um, partner, who um, he, his visa was expiring, so it seemed like a good time as any to um, move back to New Zealand. It, it wasn't just some kind of elaborate ruse that they bought an art fair to get you home? <laughs> no, no, not, not at all. I, I never thought that I'd work for my parents, actually. Um, and um, when they were looking at buying it from the Contemporary Art Trust, they, they talked to me about it. And I said it would be a good idea to, you know, something that you could do really well. And then I think when it landed in their hands, they they saw the sort of nuances of, of an art fair compared to the other things that they do. And luckily they had Stephanie on board to um, help guide them through that. <laughs> what, what are the differences in running an art fair, fair here where it had come from much more of a kind of local kind of audience compared to these international fairs where both of you had your experience that were maybe more about the international uh, collector's market and the much more kind of like, uh, is it uh, rather a much more kind of global affair rather than what had been quite a local affair? I think what in the in the piece of um, consultancy research that I did for them, what, what I was starting to realise, and, you know, I was... I'd only been living in Auckland for about two or three years at that point. So it was really interesting having lived in London. What you saw was that there was a very similar situation to what there had been in London 10 or 15 years ago, where New Zealand artists, and this is the absolute reason for it, New Zealand artists are extraordinarily good. Um, you know, why that's so is that's a whole that's a whole nother conversation. But they are. If you look at what young New Zealand artists are doing on the international stage. They're amazing. You look at Simon Denny, Luke Willis-Thompson, Zach Langdon-Pole, Kate Newby. They're all out there. 
acing it yeah, around it, the world. It, all of them and some of the top awards and top... Completely. Yeah, yeah, it, I mean, it, it's it, just it, extraordinary. Yeah. And when you then start to look at... You talked about our project program. There's another generation in the early to mid-20s who are about to take off and do exactly the same all over again. They're extraordinary. So you've got this base where you've got fantastic artists. You've got some very, very good galleries. You've got really engaged and interested New Zealand collectors um, you're sitting quite a long way away from, I mean, our nearest really major international art fair is Hong Kong Basel. Um, but you're certainly sitting a long way away from London or New York or Berlin, which are the other art centers. There's a real opportunity here. And it's like what Fries did in London 15 years ago. There were a lot of artists working in the East End. There were great galleries. There were a lot of collectors. But for that one moment, which is what an art fair does, where you can engage with the collectors, you can engage with an interested audience who don't quite know where all the galleries are and don't quite have the time to spend their lives following them. You can develop new markets. And you, you know, and so an art fair is not just what happens inside the building. It's the galleries are absolutely central to it. Then there's the experience around it. So the projects, the food, the, all the other things that go with it and how it expands out into the city. And suddenly you can, you know, not suddenly in like 24 hours, but, you know, over time um, you can make that place really central on the map for art of that region. So we're a regional art fair um, and it's a logical progression from being an art fair for the city to become an art fair for the region. So, you know, collectors come from Australia. Collectors, uh, this year we're going to have a few collectors from China. Um, hopefully more next year. And, you know, they should be coming from the West Coast of America. New Zealand's got so much to offer. But in art terms, it's amazing. And it's cultural tourism. And I imagine that all of the work that so many of these galleries and artists have been doing over the years, building a presence at, say, Hong Kong, Basel, which, you know, it's almost like spring break for the New Zealand art scene. Like everyone <laughs> everyone decamps to kind of Hong Kong and, 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 and flies the flag there. Are we getting people coming in who are the same kind of um, the same kind of market and the same kind of community around those shows coming? That's something that we're definitely working with, and part of um, what Stephanie does really well. Um, she was in Shanghai um, at the end of last year, um, talking with um, groups to get them to come to Auckland for the fair, and it, and it is something that takes a, a, a while to build up. And um, you know, it's our third edition in 2018, 2019, sorry. Um, so yeah, we're, we're that's one of our sort of KPIs that we really want to make sure we are on the map, and people are coming to see what's on offer in Auckland. How do you run it? How does a how does an art fair run? <laughs> um, not by itself. Um, <laughs> it's basically it's um, a lot of people don't quite understand this, but um, our, our, our really significant central moment is the galleries. So galleries um, from around the region are invited to apply. They say which artists they would like to show. Um, Haley and I do not decide who will be in and who will be out. We have a selection committee who all the applications go in front of. This year it was um, Justin Payton, who's the New Zealand, um, he's a New Zealander, but he's the head of international contemporary art at the Art Gallery of New South Wales in Sydney. Um, and uh, Ryan Moore, who again is a New Zealander, but he um, has worked internationally for Stuart Shave Modern Art for many, many years. And he, I think it's two years ago, two years ago about, opened his own gallery in Sydney, Fine Art Sydney. Um, and then Michael Lett, who's one of the very good gallerists in New Zealand, 
and um, Christina Barton, who's director of the Admark Gallery, Victoria University, Wellington, um, who's absolutely incredible curator, thinker, um, and her knowledge of New Zealand art is, is immense. Um, so those four go through the gallery applications and decide who they would like to see at the fair. Um, and then we put it together. And those galleries, they're the big names, the kind of the very well-known ones. But also there's like, you know, really small and interesting and new and emerging galleries in the mix. Mm. Like like to have kind of PlayStation on the same bill as some of the biggest names is um, is so cool. It's very cool. Very cool. Yeah, so they're upstairs in Picky Mai up here. Um, we have three galleries this year. Weasel Gallery from uh, Hamilton and PlayStation, an artist-run space. And then also um, Mercy Pictures from Auckland Gallery. T- tell me about that, Picky Mai, and what the idea of that is. It's a thing. Um, it's a thing that, again, it's not un- uncommon in different forms in the major international fairs. Is to say, um, you know, a fair is an expensive undertaking for a gallery, and so the newest galleries um, often can't afford it. So, how do you make some space available so that they do get a public airing? And certainly, just because of the geography of the cloud, everybody wants, you know, the main galleries all want to be on the main floor. So we've got this beautiful mezzanine area where the galleries don't really want to be particularly because then you're separating them out, who's upstairs, who's downstairs, who gets, you know, X, Y, or Z. Um, And so it seemed like a really good opportunity to invite some of the new galleries who are doing really exciting things. It's a little bit more, um, I guess... Um, edgy. Edgy, is that the right <laughs> word? Um, but, you know, it's really nice because Mercy Pictures, um, the actual individuals involved were actually took part in the 2016 fair as a project as um, an organisation called Terror International. Terror International? Mm-hmm. Um, and so as a project, they said, well, we'd like to be at the fair. And um, Francis and the then curators, who were Simon Rees and Jared Rawlins, said... Um, well, you're not a gallery. And they said, well, no, we could do our own gallery. And so we said, okay, you can have some space, but you can't have any walls or lights or anything like that. You can do your own gallery. Um, So they built their own gallery at the fair. And, you know, and they didn't, I don't think they really quite knew what they were getting into, but they had a great time and they sold a lot of work. And at that point, they thought they were all these very cool artists, student types who, you know, it was all about the exhibition and suddenly they found actually you could sell stuff at these things. Um, so for, for us, it's, it's kind of exciting to see them back as a proper gallery Mercy, called Mercy Pictures and picking my up here this year. That's, that's so cool. And you, you mentioned in their projects, which is something that you instituted in order to have something maybe that was uh, not not so commercial, like these really interesting installations, a lot of different art, artworks, a lot of site-specific works, things that don't have kind of a price tag hanging on them when so much of the uh, the art fair is about the things with a price tag. T- tell me about bringing that in and, and how you worked with curators to make that happen. Again, I mean, the art, the art fair experience is... Um, is <coughs> It's for lots of different people, and I think it's really important that when we look at an art fair the way we do, which is it's a focus for the city, that you're actually representative of why would you want to go to Auckland to see art? And it's about everything that's happening here. So that's not just about the artists who are represented by galleries, which is often, you know, several years 
many years sometimes into your career as an artist, there's a lot of really exciting stuff happening outside of that as well. It doesn't make it better or worse. It's just different. So if you're going to actually have an art fair that says this is this is art in Auckland, you need to somehow include that. Um, and so the project's program, as you say, is curated. This year it's Francis McConnell. He's been involved now for three years in different capacities from being the administrator in 2016 through to a co-curator last year and now the sole curator. Um, and it's for us, it's been a really interesting journey. So this year, it's great that there's 10 projects. And he's, um, he's worked on the basis that having done an open call last year and had a lot of artists who said, I could do this or I could do that. And he, it was a fabulous show and the artists went on to do lots of good things afterwards from it. He's invited um, nine artists and his last year's co-curator, Gabriela Salgado from Tatui, to nominate an artist that they'd like to see do it this time. And some of them are collaborating and some of them are just handing the baton over. Um, so this project is called um, Fanangatanga, which is, you have to excuse me, I'm English, um, uh, which is, um, it, it's kind of got notions of kinship and collaboration within it. So these artists are doing that form of collaboration. And what I'm really excited about is they're all being commissioned. It's all new work. It's all, so that's thanks to partners which who include Deadly Ponies, Britomart, CNZ, Chartwell Trust, and the fair um, have all come in and said, we'll make the money available to commission um, the work so that um, it's new. It's never been seen before. And two of them are in Britomart and eight of them are at the fair. Yeah, because for us it was really important to balance the commercial with the curatorial and um, Francis does such a good job of pulling that together um, and adds really interesting uh, fabric to the event for us. Yeah, and, and such passion and so connected and, mm. and cares so much about what he was doing. I was lucky enough to have him walk me through a couple of the works last year. And I, I love them. I love the sense of fun in a lot of them mm. as well. And and also the 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 way that they were site-specific and kind of impossible to be bundled up and sold off as well, which mm. is such a lovely contrast in the room. I'm loving the fact that this year in Britomart, two of them, um, one of them will be a performance, so don't miss. Um, it's a sound and performative piece um, by Sarah Callison and Rachel Ashby, which will be in Britomart. I think I, well, I don't think we've got the exact time, but on Saturday, so watch the website. It'll be the details will be there. Um, and the other one, um, we're hoping <laughs> we're still working on. Uh, we're hoping will be a projection onto a wall in Britomart. Um, video work by. Um, Hickaloo Clark, who was last year's, one of last year's project artists. He did a commission for Lexus. Um, and Raina Weston, who's, um, uh, another alumni from Westcliff. Um, was that the Lexus installation yeah. where that was, that was amazing. <laughs> it, was um, cool. it was one of the bravest pieces of sponsorship I've seen where, um, I, I imagine the art, the artist part of the thing was they had to incorporate the car. And Absolutely. They, and so they, they put a great big shroud over it. Which, and, and another car beside it. Which is one of the like the bravest ways to incorporate sponsorship to actually hide it. And I thought that was such cool confidence that the brand actually let the artist was totally brilliant. obscure their vehicle. I was like, wow, that's that's unusually cool. But Le Lexus is very, very cool like that. I mean, you know, they're about quality, they're about workmanship, they're about the beauty of the object, all of that kind of thing. And they've been our partner for three years. Um, uh, yeah, it was great. Ah, that's so cool. Um, and then tell me about the, the way that it can help make people's names. Because you get 10,000 people that love art and, the, you know, the, the vast majority of those are kind of 
passionate locals and they get to see all of kind of these vibrant new artists. Um, I remember last year, um, is it Alan Ebel who, um, how do you say his name? Alan? It's Sanderson Gallery. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like his works stood out so much and every single one of them had a red sticker on it within about four minutes. Mm. I mean, it is. Um, there's lots, again, there's lots of things an art fair does. I keep saying this. And sales are one of one of them. Um, a lot of the booths last year sold out of works by their artists that they were showing, which is really good. Um, but also it's exposure and um, to new audiences, curators who come to visit the fair. Um, and that, that's also really important to help build the artist's career. Mm. And, yeah. you know, and for some of them, it's, you know, it's easy for us to see the projects, but, uh, but you know, the same will happen in, in the gallery situation. You know, there were museum, there were sales to public institutions. That's really important for an artist to move from being collected by private individuals to being collected by uh, a museum or a public gallery. Um, those sort of things are important. But, you know, if you just look at the projects, there are so many good stories. Nobody had heard of Christine Vartielli or nobody except the curators. Um, not just ours, but curators generally had heard of Christina um, prior, and she did that massive big wall painting, which she did in three days at the front of the fair. Um, she subsequently um, has had an incredible show at Tatui. Um, has with, a show on now at um, Tim Melville Gallery. It's being represented by Tim Melville, has no, that, a show there. That, that work was, that's the work that I was thinking of as the site-specific, painted on the back of the yeah. wall, beautifully done, <laughs> and, and, it was, and it was so beautiful, but then so ephemeral as a result. Mm. Mm. Um, but, you know, she's not the only story. Um, Rakura Ture um, did some of the most beautiful small paintings that were um, a project at the fair. And Christina Barton saw them. She hadn't seen her work before and asked her to do a massive wall painting for Adam Art Gallery um, for their exhibition that was, it was about um, women in the land. So it was one of their sort of exhibitions um, around the suffrage um, anniversary and so she moved from doing these small paintings to this absolutely incredibly beautiful huge wall painting with you know one of New Zealand's preeminent curators having commissioned it I mean that's kind of cool that, that's you know, so cool Tim Wagg's got um, a residency in McCann Hickaloo Clark's had a residency in London um, a number of them have had commercial gallery showings um, Scarlett Sibilich Harry Cooley um you know, it just it's like the stories are great, and that's what you know, and that's what an art fair does. And working here at the, you know, what, what, what's sometimes called the intersection of art and commerce. Mm. I mean, how was it kind of like um, working on the the uh, financial side of the art world in these things and with these galleries and the like? Is it is it challenging? Um, I think. Um, it's it's made possible thanks to our enlightened partners where, you know, we mm. wouldn't be possible to do what we do without the support of ANZ Private, um, ATED, Lexus and um, Samsung, you know, goes on and on and on. All these people, um, you know, they're, they're partnerships. Um, it, there's not a lot of money to be made in the art world, it's true. And the other thing that... Um, Haley and I are incredibly grateful for is um, Northport Events' attitude to this um, is that the art fair is something which has to be amazing. And to make a really, really good product isn't always cheap. <laughs> um, so there, it's not about short-term profits. Um, we're a, a task to go out and do the best art fair we possibly can. Um, 
and in the long term that'll put us on the map. But it's it's not something that'll happen totally overnight. But we we're certainly moving in the right direction for that kind of thing. So. Um, and as Heli said, our partners are incredibly important within that. Um, you know, we it's, it's really, really important for us that the galleries sell work. Um, they need to believe that the money that they invest in the art fair is is returned to them, hopefully, and more. Um, you know, so so there's lots of different there's lots of different sides to it. But yes, it is a commercial event, and um, mm. and yeah. It's a- it's a good one. <laughs> but it is about culture and commerce together. I mean, you know, you can also look at it. Cultural tourism is the fastest growing tourism in the world at the moment. Um, I think in 2016, it's something like almost 10% of, of, of the growth bit mm-hmm. is cultural tourism. You know, so there's, there's opportunity for both to go together. And as a final thought, let us know. Uh, so, so we're looking at first uh, of May to the fifth of May. Yeah, down at the Cloud on the Auckland waterfront, and maybe if you're listening somewhere far away, you could be part of that cultural tourism and come and visit. Absolutely, <laughs> please do. Hey, so thank you uh, very much for joining us. That's uh, Stephanie Post and Hayley White, the co-directors of the Auckland Art Fair. Thank you for joining us today. Thank, thank you. Hey, so cool. Thank you very much, Tina Tiller, for producing, and thank you very much for listening. You've been listening to Business is Boring, presented by Simon Pound. And brought to you by The Spin-Off and Callahan Innovation. From The Spin-Off Podcast Network, that was Business is Boring, brought to you by SparkLab. Make sure you're following Business is Boring wherever you get your podcasts. And for more information on SparkLab, visit sparklab.co.nz. Ready to rediscover the joys of cycling? With over 300 kilometres of cycle paths across Tamaki Makoto, jumping on your bike and going for a ride is such a fun way to discover the city from a different perspective. Cycling is getting more and more popular across Auckland, so now's a great time to join the hype and give cycling a go. Head to at.govt forward slash cycling to find your nearest cycleway today. The Spin-Off Podcast Network.